Before I tell you anything else, I have to tell you the most important news in our family. Our son-in-law, who was, as long as we've known him, has been a nice guy. Uh, our grandson uh, is autistic, and it's not his son, but uh, he's just really been a dad to him. But about 10 days ago, uh, our son-in-law made a commitment to the Lord. And it's been very serious about it. We got him a new Bible, and he's been studying the Bible with our grandson, who's 12, and just a new guy, a new man, a new creation. So praise God for that. Well, the second big news is that we <clears throat> excuse me, survived the blizzard of 2022 here in Oklahoma, uh, which was about six inches of snow. Schools were closed for three days. The first day, there wasn't any snow. Uh, it was predicted, but it hadn't come yet. Our, our son's half-hour commute became an hour commute. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cars and trucks were in ditches and the medians and all over the place. Uh, people with four-wheel drives think that they can drive anywhere, and they ended up in the ditches and the medians and all over the place. Uh, there was a, I guess, a city snowplow uh, that ended up on its side someplace. The grocery stores were bare. People were in a panic. And we were praising the Lord that our water didn't freeze again. Uh, so now we're seeing temperatures. Uh, today it's supposed to be 70, 71, and up around 70 uh, the next two days. And then the following day, we have a chance of snow. Uh, the high temperature is going to drop about 30 degrees or more. Uh, so even the, the warm temperatures aren't normal for this time. So we plan our lives around the weather, what to wear, where to go or not to go, uh, when to have outdoor events. Uh, several years ago now, our oldest son, they got married in the end of June and they had planned an outdoor reception. And uh, it rained all around, but it didn't rain where we were. Uh, it was hot and muggy, but it was dry. I remember going to Little League baseball games in the spring <clears throat> and having to be bundled up in blankets and then going to soccer games in the pouring rain. As long as there was no lightning, uh, they'd continue to play. So isn't it great to know that God is in control, that he's the one that created the weather to be the way it is, and he's in control of it. And if we allow him, he's in control of our lives. So let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks that you are our God. And Lord, you love us just beyond our imagination. So Father, as we look into your word. Lord, we know that you have a message for us. Uh, and we know that the message for one person may not be the same message as it is for another person. And that's because you planned it that way. So, Father, we just uh, want you to open our ears, our minds, our hearts, and just let the Holy Spirit uh, get from this what you want for each one of us. Well, I want to start with a uh, scripture that's probably familiar to most people, 
uh, in Romans 3, Paul's been writing about righteousness. Uh, not a common word today. We don't talk about, you, you know, boy, I think that person is really a righteous person. Uh, you know, probably some people talk like that, but not the people I hang out with. Uh, well, in verse 20 of Romans 3, Paul says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Okay? So, it is the law that tells us what is sin. Okay, without the law, we wouldn't know. I mean, well, I guess we should be able to figure it out that murder is just not a good thing to do, but adultery and lying and all. And so, you know, that tells us, you know, this is wrong and what we should be doing and not be doing. So as we grow in the Lord, we become more aware of our sin, and that's through the law. Uh, things that I didn't see as sin 34 years, you know, 30, 40 years ago, I know now that it's sin. You know, there's no doubt about it, and that I've been living in that sin or committing that sin, you know, for many years, and then all of a sudden the Lord said, don't do that, don't go there, don't act that way. Well, Paul goes on in Romans 3 this way, beginning in verse 21. He says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Okay, now there's a lot of good news in that passage, okay? And so I'm going to try to pull out a little bit of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in verse 21, it tells us that it's God's righteousness that shows us what is sin, and meaning that he reveals our sin to us as we grow in our relationship with him, you know, like I said before. So I know I've, I've said this before, that if God showed me all of my sin when I first committed my life to him, I probably would have gone the other way and just said, there's no way that I could make all these changes in my life today. And so that's why God reveals uh, those things in your life as you grow in him and as you draw closer to him. Because the closer you get to him, you know, the more you can see, hey, this isn't right. I don't need this in my life because it doesn't glorify the Lord. Well, in verse 22, it tells us that our righteousness is received through faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. The only way. 
Jesus is that way, the one and only way. Well, God told the Philippian church this in chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Paul says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not have a righteousness of my own that lasts coming from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Okay, so our righteousness does not come from the law. Our righteousness comes through Jesus Christ in faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the Savior. He is the Messiah, the salvation that God sent. Well, in verse 8, where Paul says that he considers his former things garbage, the message calls it dog dung. It kind of gives a little different perspective, okay? And I believe the Living Bible says the same thing. So, you know, if you're walking down the street and, you know, somebody's thrown some um, candy wrappers or a empty soda can or beer can or whatever along by the sidewalk where you're walking, you just kind of look at it and you just keep on going. But if there was a pile of dog dung there, you would make a line around that, you know, getting as far away from it as you can. And so to me, that gives it the perspective that that's how we need to look at the things of the past that we thought were, were good in our lives, but no longer are. We need to circle out around them and make sure that we don't get close to them once again. So but what Paul is saying here is, I have no righteousness apart from the righteousness of God. That's what it pretty much boils down to. So Paul makes it clear that all are welcome into God's family when he says there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Well, that wasn't a popular thought at first, and it's probably not when Paul was writing it. And, and so, you know, people would, Jews would say, well, that's not right. You know, I've been, I've been keeping these laws for years, and I've been a good Jew, and, all, and these Gentiles, you know, they're going to get the same thing as me. It just doesn't seem right. Well, then he goes on in Romans 3, to verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I know to God there's no difference in sin. You know, sin is sin. You know, whether I, I cheat on my taxes for $100 or I become a Ted Bundy or I start being a, a drug dealer or abusing my wife or grandchildren or I become a scammer, okay, which is, you know, big crime now. but And that includes church and the pastors, you know. So to God, there's no difference. Okay, and we need to look at it that way. So why does God do this? Well, in Genesis one twenty seven, it says this. 
So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. <clears throat> I believe God wanted to restore our, our original relationship. So what does that mean? He wanted to give us the only way that there was to spend eternity with him. Now, the fall was not God's idea. I believe he knew that it was going to happen, but it was not his own idea. So we have to take ownership of that. And at the same time, you know, like I said, God knew it was going to happen and knew, you know, he was going to have to send his son to die on the cross and, and all of that, you know, before creation. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and he knew that it would be impossible for us to live without sin forever. <clears throat> Look at it this way. As a parent, you want your child to be a good person. And that doesn't make any difference if your child is one or 71. You still want that son or daughter of yours to be a good person. Why? One big, big reason is because they're your child. You know, no parent says, you know, oh, my son grows up to be a drug dealer and abuses his wife and kids. Or, you know, I hope my daughter grows up to be a prostitute and a porn star. You know, we want things because, good things, because our children are made in our image. And if they do fall, we give them the opportunity to be restored because we love them. Okay? No different with God. Okay, we know that our children are going to mess up sometimes and that they won't be perfect. Well, God knows the same of, of us. That's why Paul wrote in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, that explains why God gives us a second chance and a third chance and a sixth chance and a 99th chance. Okay, because he knows that we're going to fall. And he wants to renew or restore our relationship with himself. The message gives us this take on Romans 3, 22 and 23, where Eugene Peterson says, not only for us, but the everyone who believes in him. For there's no difference between us and them in this. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. God did it for us. Okay, Paul, there where he's talking about the them and the us is the Greek and the Jew, or the Gentile and the Jew, the you and I and the Jew. Well, let me look at another passage that may be familiar to you. <clears throat> this comes from Psalm, <clears throat> excuse me, 103. Okay, so I'm going to jump to kind of in the middle of this Psalm, <clears throat> verses 10 through 12. And the psalmist says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve 
or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Now, I know that I've said before that, you know, sin, you know, that's not a word that's commonly used today. If somebody does something wrong, we don't say that, you know, they've sinned or they're a sinner. We just say that, you know, they're a bad person or, you know, they stole or whatever they did. But the word transgressions, you know, that's one of those that really doesn't get used at all. And so some of us might wonder, I know it's used in place of sin, but let's look at transgressions. It says it's an act that goes against a law, rule, or code of conduct. It's an offense. In other words, it's sin. Okay. So I was looking it up. I looked up iniquities. Okay. So iniquities means an immoral or grossly unfair behavior. What's that mean again? Sin. Okay. Whether it's transgressions or iniquities or whatever, it's sin. You can call it what you want. You can call it a mistake. You can call it a bad choice or poor judgment. You can call it an oversight or a mission or an error or a blunder, an inaccuracy, a misunderstanding, but it's sin. You know, a rose by any other name is still a rose. A sin by any other name is still a sin. Well, as far as the east is from the west, that's an interesting phrase for David's time. Now, they knew the directions, north, south, east, and west, okay? But why didn't David say as far as the north is from the south? Because the world at that time was limited. You know, they didn't know that North America existed. They didn't know that you know, Far East Asia existed or Australia, you know, to them, the world was pretty small. So do you think maybe God was in that phrase? Well, duh, of course he was. God was aware of the whole world, even though David was not. And it's God that's writing the Bible from cover to cover, just using people to do that. So God is the one that had him write, you know, the East is from the West. Because he knew that someone like me or you would say someday that, you know, the East and the West never means. Okay, you can go East and never catch up to West. You know, you may start in New York City going east and you come around to the west coast but you keep on going and you're back to New York City and around and around but you can only go so far north until you start going south okay you can get up to the north pole and once you're at the north pole whichever direction you go you're going south so what it's saying is kind of like God is a serpro God. What does that mean? Well, what it means is it's like it never even happened. Okay, that's the serpro motto. 
Okay, so you you couldn't say that Serpro is like God. <coughs> okay, that's certainly not true, but God is like Serpro. The sins of your life are wiped away like it never even happened. But that's what happens with God. Our sins are forgiven and forgotten. If I go to God and I ask him for a sin, let's say I stole some money from the church, okay, and I go to God and I, I confess my sin to him and, you know, whatever happens, you know, God's going to forgive me. And if I go back the next day or, you know, a month from then, whatever, and I, I say, you know, oh, God, I, I need you to forgive me, you know, for stealing that money from the church. And God's going to say, what are you talking about? You know, I don't, I don't see that here on your list of other sins since that time, but, you know, I, I, I don't know what you mean. There's a song by Morgan Cryer. Uh, from 1996. You know, to me, that, that's not that long ago. Well, it's 26 years ago. And some of you are saying, well, who's Morgan Cryer? Okay, he was never a big name in contemporary Christian music, but I want to share with you a, a song that he wrote and sang. Okay, and if you're going to look up Cryer, it, Cryer is spelled with an A, not an E, okay? So he had some good stuff. But this is what the song says in the first verse. It says, It happened so long ago, and I cried out for mercy. Back then, I plead the blood of Jesus, begged him to forgive my sin. But I still can't forget. It just won't go away. So I wept again, Lord, wash my sin. But this is all he'd say. What sin? What sin? That's as far away as the east is from the west. What sin? What sin? It was gone the very moment you confessed, buried in the sea of forgetfulness. The next verse goes on. The heaviest thing you'll carry is a load of guilt and shame. You were never meant to bear them. So let them go in Jesus' name. Our God is slow to anger, quick to forgive our sin. So let him put it under the blood. Don't bring them up again. He'll just say, what sin? What sin? That's as far away as the east is from the west. What sin? What sin? It's gone the very moment you confessed, buried in the sea of forgetfulness. And then the bridge, I guess, goes on to say, Lord, please deliver me from my accusing memory. Nothing makes me weep this way when I hear you say, what sin? <clears throat> That's what God will say if you go back to him again and again and again, unless you're recommitting those sins over and over again. God is going to treat us that way. You know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So that's the way we're treated with our Father. He loves us so much that he can forgive anything we do except one, and I'm going to talk about that in my next message. We can try to be as forgiving, but 
we've, we're going to fail. If someone harmed one of my grandchildren, I don't know if forgiveness would come. I know it certainly wouldn't come right away. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that it would come over time where I would be able to forgive that person. Let me share one last scripture with you. Matthew 11, beginning in verse 28. Jesus is speaking. And he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, you may be thinking, what does that have to do with what is being talked about here? Well, when two horses or two oxen are yoked together, they have to go at the same pace. Okay, if one is starting to pull ahead and the other one doesn't want to go that fast, you know, usually the one that's not wanting to go that fast is going to win out. Okay, and keep the other one slowed down to its pace. So if I'm yoked together with Jesus, I have to go at Jesus's pace. You know, I know this passage is talking about rest, which is important, but let's look at it another way. If I'm yoked together with Jesus, I can't sin because he can't sin. You know, just like those two horses or oxen, you know, one may try to get off the path or, you know, they're plowing a field, you know, this one wants to go to the right where the other one's going straight the way he's supposed to be. You know, it's, you know, the other one's going to, or the, excuse me, but they got to keep going in the right direction. That's what happens to me when I'm yoked with Jesus. No matter how much I want to wander, he's going to keep me going the right way. Well, we all have a choice to make daily. Well, several times a day, actually. Do I want to allow myself to sin or do I want to stay yoked to the one who knows no sin? Answer should be simple. But sometimes we decide to pull free from the yoke and go our own way. Okay, I sinned because I lied to you. I got one more scripture. This is from chapter 130 of Psalms, verses 3 and 4, where the, the question is asked, If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, <laughs> Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Like it never even happened. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks that you know us and that you love us. And that, Lord, you, you keep your hand on us all the time. And, Lord, the most important thing we need to know about you, or one of the most important things, is the fact that you forgive us. No matter what that sin is we have or had in our lives, that, Lord, you're going to forgive us. And so, Lord, help us to remember that. Lord, to remember that, you know, that, that sin that we just had in our lives wasn't too big for you to forgive, or we didn't come back with that sin, you know, too many times we, that you got to the point where you said, okay, forget it. I'm not going to forgive you anymore for that. 
you know, you want us to change, you want us to repent and turn from that sin, but Lord, you know that sometimes it's really hard in our lives. And Lord, too, there may be somebody that's listening that, you know, they may think that the sin in their lives, that, you know, nobody could forgive that. You know, the things that they have done that, you know, they don't can't expect anyone to forgive them. And Lord, maybe humanly, we couldn't. But Lord, you're so much above us and you will forgive any sin, no matter what it may be. And so Lord, if there's someone that needs that forgiveness from you, that needs to have you in their life to, to guide and direct and to yoke your son with them, Lord, let today be the day that they make that choice. They maybe have heard this time and time again, or maybe this is something new to them, but Lord, let them know that you'll forgive them and that they can begin a life uh, following you, following your word, and seeing what you have for them. Lord, let them pray in this way. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Thank you for sending Jesus who took all of my sin and put it on the cross and died for me. And he rose from the dead and he's coming again. Lord, make me be ready through believing in your son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.